John chapter 15, verse 13. John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Back in the late 1800s, a man named Nietzsche, Friedrich Wilhelm, a German philosopher, he declared that God is dead. And before the turn of the 20th century, a man named Shaw and Wells, Shaw and another man named Wells, both said the 20th century would mark the end of the world's religious phase. We're in the 21st century now, but the 20th century, they declared this. But today in Russia's Museum of Religion and Atheism, which is the former center of atheism, kind of the main area you go around the, from around the world was a place in Russia. If you're an atheist, if you don't know what an atheist is, it's someone who does not believe in a deity or a higher power. Well, that big building which was built for atheism, now a Christian church meets every single Sunday. Almost half of the United States population attends some form of worship. Revival is sweeping through Latin America. Christianity grows in China behind the Iron Curtain. Christianity is accelerating rapidly. It's the fastest growing religion in history right now. It's doubling and tripling Islam. Nietzsche, Shaw, and Wells have long since decayed in their graves. But God continues to live. And that's the message of Easter. He is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Amen. Recently, the, an African Muslim was converted to Christ. And when someone asked him why he had become a Christian, he answered. He said, well, it's like this. Suppose you were going down a road, and suddenly the road forked, went left and right. In two different directions, he had to make a decision. And he said, as he was walking down in the Spirit, this road... He said, on the left was a dead man, bones, and on the right was a living man. And he wanted to ask which direction he should go, which one would you ask? And he gave his life to Jesus Christ. See, the huge difference between many of the, actually every other religion, Islam included, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Muhammad was a, veered as a prophet, so was Christ in Islam. In Islam, they pilgrimage back to his, his tomb, his burial, where fragments of his bones still are for Muhammad. Same with Buddha. Every other religion that's had a deity, a God, you go and celebrate in a tomb where the bones remain, <laughs> except one. Like I said, Sharon and I were in Israel a few years ago. 
a lifelong desire to go, who actually went with 50 of our Russian friends and pastors. And we went to that tomb. No bones. It's empty. John T. Siemens, he said, Whereas Muhammad lived and died and passed from the scene of history, Jesus lived, died, and arose. You can't visit Jesus' remains. It's impossible. But you know what? You can have him visit you. (laughs) All you have to do is open your heart and he's there. That's it. Just believe on him and you will be saved. And he doesn't live in a tomb. He lives in the house the house of God, which is you and me. It's not this building. This building is a building. And we've done so much on the inside of this building. It's where I'm super excited. It's amazing. I I remember when we first stepped into this building and it had orange carpet and pews. Orange pews. We couldn't even get rid of the pews. We tried to give them all away. So we got a burning permit from the city. It was supposed to be no maximum two-meter height, six feet. But I'll tell you what, those pews were dry. And they burnt. It was, I won't say how tall that fire was, but you could stand at the back porch here and feel the heat. It was unbelievable. Inside, yeah, they were feeling the heat inside. Harvard professor Simon Greenlee stated, according to the laws of legal evidence used in the courts of law, there is more evidence for the historical fact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ than for just about any other event in history. See, on this side of history that we live in, we understand that Jesus' death was necessary. But what about his disciples when they watched it or heard of it because they fled? It's interesting because all four Gospels talk about Christ and his death and his resurrection. And I can imagine these disciples, think of it this way, a teacher comes and says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And they left everything behind and followed him for three years, lived with him, talked with him, sang with him, worshiped with him. He had such wisdom. He brought a wealth of wisdom. And they honored him. They revered him. They respected him. In some ways, they might have even slightly worshipped him without knowing fully. Then he goes through the beatings, the whippings, the the lashings, the, the, the spitting on him, the mocking him, the carrying of his cross. The nailing through his hands, through his feet, the spear in his side, the crown of thorns, making fun of him. And this mob of people were so angry at this one man who was innocent, they killed him. Isn't it interesting, in current times, how angry people can get if you think differently than them? 
Isn't it interesting, in these current times, two countries that were formed on the foundation of the Word of God, both the United States of America and Canada, and there seems to be an anger rising up in leadership, in governments, against Christianity. So you can imagine, here he's hanging and dying on the cross. These guys were freaked out and probably scared. Were they disillusioned? Absolutely. They had no idea that he would be doing and going through this kind of pain in a death, especially a cross. Like, that was the worst of the worst. That was for the hardened criminals, the worst of the worst. Disappointed? I bet they absolutely were. Afraid? I think so. Because we know they were hiding behind locked doors. But then it happened. Jesus broke through the chains of death and arose from that grave. All four Gospels talk about it. But John is the only one that talks about a man named Thomas in this process. And some people have labeled him as Doubting Thomas. If he was doubting Thomas, then we probably have some doubters in here. Let's take a look at it and see what the story is saying. John chapter 20, starting in verse 1. John 20, starting in verse 1. Now the first day of the week, this is after his crucifixion and burial, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and the other disciple. Most scholars would say, this is, John, uh, this is John, the beloved. It says, whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb, and so they both ran together, but the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb. If you study these, these men's lives, I could see John outrunning everybody at this moment in time. And he stooped down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. And then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen clothes lying there. Just the linens. There was no body. And the handkerchief that had been around his head, Jesus' head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. And then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he, Jesus, must rise again from the dead. Verse 10, then the disciples went away again to their own homes, and Mary Magdalene seized the risen Lord. But Verse 11, but Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw the two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, woman, are we allowed to say that nowadays? <laughs> woman. God created Adam, saw that he was lonely. He created Eve. And the first words out of Adam's mouth was, whoa, man. (laughs) 
Why are you weeping, they inquired, they asked. And she said to them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. One of the most disgraceful things is taking a body and removing it, and nobody knows where it went. Verse 14, now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. So Jesus said to her, whoa, Matt, woman, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me, where have you laid him? And I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. That's all she needed to hear. Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Verse 19, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands, his side, and then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And so Jesus said to them again, peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Verse 22, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. But look at verse 23. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Why would Jesus say this? He breathed on them in filling them with the Holy Spirit, breathed on them. And then he said, forgive them. Forgive the people you fear in here. Forgive the people that you hate right now because you think they killed me and, 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 and you have so much rage and anger and fear in you. In other words, when you live a lifestyle of fear, anger, and rage, you're not worthy to do the work of the Lord. You have to forgive, forgive, forgive. Even when someone says something or does something to you and it wasn't your fault, sometimes you just, you, not sometimes, you must forgive. It doesn't mean you come into agreement with what they did against you. No. But if we live in unforgiveness, then I wonder how we know true forgiveness. The disciples found Thomas and told him the good news that Jesus had risen. But Thomas has some questions, and this is where he gets the title, Doubting Thomas. John chapter 20, continuing in verse 24. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. 
And the other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. Think of their excitement. Thomas, we've seen the Lord. Like We've seen him. Like We saw him. Like literally, he was there with us, talking with us. Like we saw him. He's alive. He's alive. But you see, not everybody celebrates someone else's testimony. And not everyone believes someone else's experience and encounter. Hmm. Halfway through verse 25. And so Thomas said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. That word put is balo. It means to throw or thrust in violent or intensity. (laughs) So Thomas is saying, I am angry, I'm hurt, I'm scared, I don't know what's happening. And honestly, what you're saying right now, you drank too much wine. Because I'm going to let my anger, my hurt, my fear overpower my believing that Jesus has a plan. I'm going to let it overpower me, so I am going to have to thrust my fingers and my hand into the wounds on his side. Thomas had heard about the vicious way the soldiers killed him. Gambled for his clothes. Mocked him with the crown of thorns. No doubt Thomas's anger and his doubt blended together to become a toxic cocktail of bitterness. There is nothing in current affairs in this world today should let you live with a bitter cocktail of bitterness and anger. Not towards a government. Not towards family or people or friends. I can't let my frustration at decisions being made politically taint the new wine of his presence that is in me. And oh boy, I cry for this nation. (laughs) Oh boy, I pray for our prime minister and our leadership. But I have to fight and force myself not to become bitter and so angry that I let my testimony go of one who loved so much that he died for me and rose again and that God appointed our leaders, I don't understand. But I have to believe the word. I can't blame Thomas for being angry and bitter. And I can't blame him for questioning what the disciples had just said. Verse 26, 
And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, in other words, locked, and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. And then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here. And he used the same word Thomas had said to the disciples when Jesus wasn't there, but he was. And he said, Bolo, put, thrust your hand in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. He didn't have to touch him. He didn't have to put his fingers there. He just said, he knew, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So you get the choice today. You're either unbelieving or you're blessed. Because many of us hear of a miracle, hear of something, but we want to see it. What do you mean that lady rose from the wheelchair? I need to be there and see it to believe it. Oh, ye of little faith. Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are all these people listening to the word of God right now who believed and haven't seen. And so reality is that seeing is not believing, but believing is seeing. Seeing is not believing. Seeing is logical in our human understanding, but God's not asking you and I to live a logical life. He's asking us to live a supernatural life where believing opens your eyes to truly see. And on this day, we call Resurrection Sunday, it's actually tomorrow, Easter, but we call it Resurrection Sunday. You can read this word and see it and not have faith. But if you believe this word, then you will see. And our eyes will be opened. And see. See what? Maybe something you're not used to seeing. The supernatural world, the supernatural realm where both John the Baptist and Christ himself declared his kingdom is at hand. 
That means touchable within reach. You can, you can reach out and touch his kingdom right now, the kingdom of heaven. I don't think I could do life very good at all if I didn't touch into his kingdom. I used to try to do everything on my own, make my own decisions, try to be wise. But I want to tell you something. My human understanding and abilities does not compare in any way to the kingdom of God that surrounds us. Believe and see. Believe that Jesus Christ is Lord of all and see the transformation in your life. Believe for the wayward son. Believe for that wayward daughter, grandson, granddaughter and see a transformed life. Oh, it might take time. That's why you need to believe to see instead of see to believe. Because if you see to believe, then if it doesn't work the way you think it should, you throw in the towel. No. Believe. 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 And let the scales fall from our eyes. Let us live a life of joy, of happiness, in abundant blessings of our Lord and Savior. And Rianne talked a little bit earlier about blessing. And sometimes we think because our bank account isn't very good or our mortgage payments or debts are too big that we're not blessed. You know what? We are blessed. I've been in 49 countries of the world and I will guarantee you even our extreme poor are blessed more than the extreme poor in some third world nations. But every one of us has opportunity. It's not the amount of money you have in your bank account that creates happiness. It's not the vehicle you drive. It could be what you have for lunch, because I am getting hungry, but just kidding. It's nothing to do with what you eat. You're all looking at me saying, yeah, you should probably not eat so much. I went on vacation, thought, yeah, I'm going to lose some weight. What's life if you don't believe? Because without believing in Jesus Christ fully, we don't even understand true love. Because this whole weekend celebration is about true love. It's about a Father God that loves us so much that He sent His one and only Son into the world to die and to rise again. So you and I, could love him back in a way that we can only do if we truly believe. Let's stand. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus laid down his life for you and for me. He made room for you And you and I make room for him.
how many of us today want to say, God, I give you my all. And you know what? There might be some in this room or watching online that just aren't sure about saying that because there's a little bit they just don't want to give up. But I want to tell you something. Give it up. If it has anything to do with the world that doesn't bring righteousness to the king, give it up. I'm not saying that things of this world are bad. I'm just saying things that don't bring righteousness to the king, give them up. Give them up. They don't glorify God. Give them up. We don't need them. We don't need them. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father God, here we are. Resurrection Sunday 2022. None of us know how many more Sundays we will have on this earth. Life is fragile. We can breathe our last breath at any moment. But Father God, you have deemed and called us for such a time as this. And I ask, Lord, that everyone in this house, in this family, watching online, will change something. Let go of pain or sorrow. Let go of sickness or disease. Receive a miracle this morning. Whatever it is that every one of us, when we walk out those front doors, that something is different in our lives. Because if we come and gather together without expecting us to change, then we expect revival without change. And that just won't happen. Father God, I pray every one of us right now. We have people that were baptized. Last Sunday, people that gave their life to Jesus Christ. Maybe more even this Sunday. We had communion celebrating your resurrection. We've had amazing worship celebrating and singing praises to your name. We have a beautiful day outside. I pray, Lord. Whatever we received in this house today, we will take it with us and give it away out those doors. I ask, Lord God, I ask, Father, for the unsaved that just need to hear the testimony from somebody here, the unsaved, the family members, the friends that just need an invite, personal invite from some people in this house. I ask, Lord, that we walk out these doors with a boldness and a fire saturated in your presence, filled with your Holy Spirit, that we won't go back into the dull routine of life because, Lord God, you did not create us to be dull and dead. You created us to be alive with power and with authority in the name of Jesus. That when we walk on this earth, uh, signs and wonders will follow us. 
And so we make that choice here this morning, God, that your presence will go wherever we go. Your love will be wherever we are. Your living word will be impregnated in our hearts and our minds. For we are sons and we are daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we high and lift you high and mighty. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning from the end. sons and daughters in the family of God. And we pray for every other Christian church in this region and this area and around this world. And we pray a fresh fire, an anointing of your presence to come on every Bible-believing church. That we will rise up together and we will change our nation and the nations of this world. by your power and by your might. We will walk free and free indeed. Because this is our sword. Not to cut down other people, but to dispel the darkness in our lives. I see lights right now in the spirit. Lights are starting to come on brighter in lives in this place. Just turn on that light a little brighter right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I see lights in the spirit. We are not in a season to hide it under a bush. We are in a season to shine bright, bright, bright for all of eternity to see. to give you opportunity this morning I sense of my spirit that if you need prayer for anything just get up here real quick right now I'm gonna call the prayer team up but I, I get a sense of my spirit there's miracles that are happening right now in the spirit I see people just asking forgiveness receiving Christ whatever the need is maybe it's for a wayward son maybe it's for a, a surgery that needs to happen Whatever it is, I just sense in my spirit, uh, there's like a stirring of the Bethula Bethesda in the front of this platform right now. And I don't see that every Sunday, but I see it right now. Whatever the miracle, maybe it's even finances. You just need wisdom on a financial decision Then I ask you to come up front. I'm not saying, hey, just come up because I want you to know I sense something in the spirit that is happening right now in Jesus' name. And it takes obedience sometimes to step out of our chair and to walk in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Can I have my bottle? My bottle.
Listen to what we're singing. We make the room. It's us that makes the room in our lives. It's us. I see a family, young family, trying to make a super big decision right now. could be about job work or maybe it's buying a home or something like that is there anybody in here a young family trying to make some big decisions right now here's a hand is there anybody else I see this hand I just believe right now there's a download of wisdom that's coming right now for these decisions to be made in Jesus name in Jesus name we pray for your wisdom oh God we thank you father God yes Lord yes Lord Yes, Lord Jesus. I, I see kidney, something with a kidney being healed in Jesus' name. A spleen in Jesus' name be healed now. A blood disorder be healed now in Jesus' name. Something with uh, arthritis in the, in the joints and the bones be healed now in Jesus' name. Whatever miracle you need, just bring it to the cross of Jesus right now. In the spirit, just put it at the cross and be healed in Jesus' name.